If you didn't get a 2017 card last week, uh, we have them at the red desk. If you're not familiar with this, uh, every year we give you an opportunity to write down what you're thankful for this past year and what you'd like to see God do in your life this next year. If you weren't here, I would encourage you to get online, tcf.church, listen to the message last week that goes along with this card. I preached two Sundays this year in 2017, and I would encourage you, get on and listen to those messages and uh, take those, take a card, go home, and you're welcome to get one for friends and family. Uh, We've got some extras, and we'll keep putting them out every week until until we don't take them anymore, and then we won't do it anymore. But get, get a hold of one of these and write down what you want God to do in your life in 2017 and it'll minister to you. Now, these next few weeks, I'm going to be talking to you about what God is saying for the new year, and you're not going to want to miss these Sundays, but I know there are times when you can't be here. There are times when you're working, when you're doing other things, and I totally understand that. Please get on our website, tcf.church. There's nothing easier than that tcf.church, and then get on our podcast and listen to the messages. Even if you can't be here, do not miss a week. What if you listen to every single message this year, whether you were in church or you weren't in church, I guarantee you when the year is over, you'll see if God has done some amazing things in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things I talked about these last two weeks is you will have a good 2017 if you have a good year spiritually. And so I'm going to show you some things this morning in the Word of God. Uh, last week, Vicki and I went to Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo. Many of you are familiar with that church. The beginning of each year, they do a series of services called Zion. And they set aside Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. And Vicki and I attended Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday with our family. We didn't go Wednesday because we were here doing ministry in Ground Zero and Power Kids. And on the first night, Sunday night, there's a prophet named Chuck Pierce. Then he comes and shares out of the word and shares his heart of what God is showing him for the coming year. And I want to share with you this morning some things that he said. And as I get into this, I just want to encourage you, okay? All right, the Bible says that there's the fivefold ministry. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, there's apostles, there's prophets, there's evangelists, there's pastors, and there's teachers. I'm a pastor. I'm your pastor. And I'm part of the fivefold ministry gift. An apostle simply means a sent one, somebody who goes to take the gospel. So there are apostles, there's prophets, there's evangelists, there's pastors, and there's teachers. And so God is still moving through those ministry gifts, and he shared some things that I wrote down that I'm going to share with you. Let me give you a simple understanding when you hear the word prophetic. All it means is to describe the future to describe the future. There's nothing spooky about it. There's nothing weird about it. It just means to describe the future. Now, here's the first thing I want you to know, church. You and I have a future. You and I have a future. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. You and I have a future. We not only have a future today, we not only have a future in this life, but we have a future in eternity. The verse on the wall, which is one of my life verses, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. So listen, what does it mean to be prophetic? Well, it means that we have a future, and it means you can have hope in the future because you have God and you know the Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. And God's plans for you are good and not evil. In John 14, Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when I get there and get done, I'm going to come and get you and you're going to be with me where I am. 
All right, you have a future. John 14 says so. Jeremiah 29, 11 says so. I'm going to read a verse to you out of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, 9, and it's going to be on the screen. Another verse talking about your future. Listen to what it says. But as it is written, talking about the Word of God, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. I love that verse. Look at it again if you'd leave it up for just a minute. It says that you haven't seen or you haven't heard what God has entered, what now, nor has entered into your heart the things God has prepared for you. Think about your best day, the best day of your life, whatever that day looks like. The kingdom of God and what God has planned for you is a thousand times better than that. Listen, you and I have a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 says it. John 14 says it. And the verse I just read in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says it. Now, what's a prophet do? Well, all they do is bring out the promises in the word of God. All right, everything I'm going to share with you is in the word of God. It's so important that you understand that. Listen, if you stood up this morning and said, Pastor, Pastor, the Lord told me when Jesus is going to return. Well, I would know you're in error because the Bible says that no one knows when Jesus is going to return. So we would know that that's not true based on Scripture. Are you with me? So the very first thing that we understand and know is you want to base your life on the promises of the Word of God. And when somebody says, I've heard from God, you always want to make sure, well, does God's Word say that? Listen, you know what I do on Sunday? I don't talk to you about necessarily what I think or believe. I bring you the promises of God. And when you hear the promises of God, it stirs your heart and stirs your faith to believe those promises. So what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to show you some things that he said, and it's going to stir your heart and minister to you and encourage you for 2017. Now, here's what I know. For a lot of you, 2016 was not a good year. 2015 was not a good year. Many of you had hard times, you had battles, you had mountains, you've had valleys, you've had some tough, tough things going in your life in 2015 and 2016. And I believe God is moving, God is walking with you, and his grace is on you to carry you through that. But I want to show you a couple of things that God has promised us that we're going to be able to have in 2017. Now, the first thing I'm going to give you, I want to give you a warning. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, I don't want you to hear this and think, oh, well, that's too simple, or everybody knows that, or I, I don't know. Don't do that to yourself. Okay, listen, God's not complicated. Okay, man has complicated God with religion. Amen? Amen. We've made it complicated. God's not making it complicated. God loves you and cares about you. Here's the very first thing that he said, and I don't want you to miss it. I want you to bite onto it. Here's the very first thing he said. He said, 2017 is going to be a good year. You have a good year ahead. Now, listen to me very carefully. The promises of God belong to you. The promises in the book belong to you. As this man shared at Trinity about the promises of God, they belong to you. But I had an old Bible school teacher who said this, they're not going to fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. Lots of times we think that, right? What are you doing? Just waiting for a promise to fall. Right, that, that isn't going to happen. Now, listen to what I have written down. It's going to be a good year ahead. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to declare and to decree it. In other words, reach out this morning by faith and take a hold of this promise. Hey, Pastor, 2016 was rough for us. Hey, Pastor, 2015 was hell for us. 
Okay, Pastor, uh, we've had some rough times in our life. Okay, but God promised this next year is going to be good. And I want you to reach out and take a hold of the promise. How do I do that, Pastor? You just say, hey, I want some of that. You declare it. You decree it. How do you do it? Pastor, Father God, I thank you that it's going to be a good year for the Gray family. It's going to be good for my wife. It's going to be good for my children. It's going to be good for my grandchildren. It's good for my house. It's good for my car. It's good for my dog. It's good for my cat. It's good for the mouse under the house and for the squirrel in the attic. Amen? It's good in my life, and I want some of it. Now, don't miss this. It's yours. You just declare it. As you move into 2017, what if you begin to declare, Father God, you've been good to me. And that's the truth. I heard a guy preach the other day, and I know where he was coming from. He said, if God never answers another prayer in my life, Jesus has already died on the cross, raised from the dead, promised me new life, and heaven is my home. Amen? Come on. Now, God's in the prayer answering business, so you get both. You get your cake and eat it too. Amen? You know how my wife eats cake, don't you? She eats the icing off the top and throws the cake in the trash. That's exactly how she eats cake, right? I I mean, I know people that take the icing and throw it in the trash and eat the cake. Not her. No, no. She eats the icing and then she doesn't even need the cake. So you get your cake and eat it too. Now, I want to read you a verse in Psalms 27, 13. I'm talking to you about how God said 2017 is going to be a good year, and I want you to reach out and take a hold of it. Listen to what it says in the Scripture. It says, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, listen to me. You and I are in the land of the living. The first sentence says, I would have lost heart. I know there are many of you in here who have lost heart. You've lost heart sometimes in the past. You've lost heart over a situation or a circumstance. Every one of us in here have walked through those circumstances where we've lost heart. But listen to what it says. It says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Oh, isn't that good? Joseph Prince says, right believing produces right living. It does matter what you believe. It does matter. See, Jesus can only be who you'll let him be. He won't force himself on you. Jesus, I thank you. You're my savior. Jesus, I thank you. You're my healer. Jesus, I thank you. You're my peace of mind. It does matter what you believe. The scripture says, I would have lost heart, but I'm not. And you're not either because I believe. I believe what? That I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me encourage you. 2017 is going to be a good year for you. It's going to be a good year for your family. And I want you to just reach out and take a hold of it. And I want you to begin to decree and declare over your family, Father, I thank you that it's a good year for us. It's a good year in my business. It's a good year in my job. Uh, It's a good year in my family. My children are going to have a good second semester in school. The spring semester is going to be a good semester. We're covered in the grace of God this year. That's the first thing he said. Let me give you the second thing. He talked a lot about favor. And he gave three different points about favor that I want to give to you this morning. Here's the first thing he said about favor. Now, what's favor? Favor is the grace of God, the undeserved blessing, grace, favor of God in your life. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. Here's what he said. He said in 2017, you and yours are going to be crowned with favor, crowned with favor. Let me read it to you in Psalms 512. 
I love this verse. For you, O Lord, bless the righteous. Now, stop right there. Stop right there. Now, Monica and I are righteous, but I don't know about the rest of you, right? Right? Lou's righteous, okay? I mean, Miss Vicky's righteous. No, no, you're righteous if you know Jesus as your Savior. Now, don't miss this point. It's very important. I received Jesus as my Savior as a 12-year-old boy. And when I did, the Bible says I stepped from darkness into the light, and I'm in right standing with God this morning. God is not mad at me. He's not going to be mad at me because of his son, Jesus. And I and you, if you know Christ, will never be more righteous than you are right now. Listen to what the promise says. It says, for you, O Lord, bless the righteous. You know what that means? That means you're blessed. And you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't do anything to get it. It's just the blessing of God. Lots of times people will come up for prayer. And I pray for people all kinds of places. And I can see sometimes on people a demeanor of a little bit of guilt and shame. Let me explain to you what I mean. Somebody comes up for prayer and they want prayer for something that really matters. But I can see on their expression kind of that sense of I need to kind of keep my head down because... I hope God does this, but I know there's some things in my life I need to change. I know there's some things I need to do different, but I hope he'll go ahead and give me a pass on this one, you know, if you will. And I hope he answers my prayer. But if he doesn't, I know that it's because I need to change some things. Listen, folks, that's not the heart of God. Listen, if you know Christ is your Savior, you're in right standing with God. And God will and God wants to meet your needs and minister to you and strengthen you. And you don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't get yourself in a place of, oh, now God can do something in my life. He wants to bring you to that place whether you're there or not. Are you with me? Listen, when you get your eyes on Jesus... And you get your eyes on his love and his grace. He sees your faith. And there's a divine connection. And your life begins to change. Not because you do the dance. Are, Are you with me? You see, I'm not throwing my hands up on the front row to do the dance. What do you mean, pastor? I'm trying to please God like a monkey. Right? You know, I'm, I'm doing the dance. So God will, oh, notice me. I know. No, he notices me. You know why I'm doing it? Because I'm crazy out of my mind in love with him. Because I deserve to go to hell. And I'm not going. I'm not going and I can't stand it. And when I stand up there, I can't stand it. I got to get my hands up. I got to yell. I got to holler. I got to clap. Not because I'm trying to, oh, oh. You know what I mean? All right, now listen to this. Don't miss this. You bless the righteous and with favor you surround him with a shield. God's going to crown you this year with favor. He says he's going to surround you with it like a shield to protect you and to cover you. What's favor? Favor is I'm going to receive raises, bonuses, benefits, promotions this year. God's ordering my steps. He's taking care of my housing. He's taking care of my children. He's taking care of our finances. People love us and they don't even know why. People help us and they don't even know why. People care about us and they don't even know why. Why? Because I'm crowned with favor. When I go to the doctor, I have favor. When I go to the dentist, I have favor. When I get uh, to the store, I have favor. Why? Because he said he's going to crown me and he's going to surround me with it like a shield. All right, listen to the next thing he said. He said, God is going to cover you with favor cover you with favor. Listen to what Psalms 35 says in the New King James. It says, for his anger is but for a moment. Now stop right there. I've got to throw something out at you. 
His anger is for a moment. I know some of you already thought right there, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. God's mad at me. And I know my life's in the shape it's in because his anger's on me. And I hope it's pretty short, but I know it's there. No, don't miss this. You see, God poured his anger on Jesus Christ at the cross. The dam holding back the wrath of God was poured on Christ at Calvary. And when you said, Jesus, I identify with you. I am a sinner. I'm lost. I'm separated from God. Jesus come into my life. Boom, that wrath was paid for. Listen, you are not under the anger of the wrath of God. He's talking about it in Psalms. It was taken care of on Jesus at the cross. And so you don't have that. Listen to it. His anger is but for a moment. Yeah, he gave that to Jesus. But his favor is for life. It's for life. Life. I've got a life sentence. I'm under the favor of God for life. I don't know. I was at a, thanks, I was at a Thanksgiving dinner with my family one time, my extended family, and uh, we were having dinner, and I have a cousin who was on probation at the time, and he was talking about how hard it was to be on probation, and he was saying how he couldn't go to bars, he couldn't carry a gun, he couldn't hang out with family. He went through this whole list. And when he was just talking about how hard it was. And when he got all done, he looked up at me and I said, My God, I've been on probation my whole life. <laughs> I didn't know. I wish somebody, right? Okay, what, what does it say? It says his favor's on you for life. He's covering you with his favor. Now, let me give you a word picture. Imagine yourself with a crown on this morning. And that's the crown of the righteousness of God. It's the crown of the favor of God. I wish we could go somewhere and buy crowns and all of you wear them tomorrow. Wear your crown to school. Wear your crown to work. Wear your crown. What is that? Well, that's, I'm crowned with righteousness. I'm crowned with favor. But here's the second thing. It says you're covered with it. Have you all ever been to a wedding where they had the chocolate fountain? You know those little fountains and it bubbles out and you can put marshmallows and graham crackers and, and your finger and your hand and, you know, you can put your shoe in it. I mean, you can put your hands in it, right? Have you ever seen people drunk on chocolate? Now, I've been to weddings where they were drunk on other stuff, okay, right? But, but, but I've been there where they had so much chocolate. They were, they were chocolate tipsy, okay, right? And you know how you just eat it and you just eat it and you just eat it and Vicky's like, come on, step away, right? All right, now just imagine if we had a big bar and, th and there was a waterfall of chocolate, okay? Now, you've got your crown on, and then we line you up, and we walk you through that waterfall of chocolate, and you're covered head to toe with chocolate, and you have to do this so you can open your eyes, okay, because you're covered in chocolate, all right? What does it say? I'm going to crown you with favor, and I'm going to cover you with favor. So instead of being covered with chocolate, you're covered with the favor of God. If you will, you're under the waterfall of the favor of God. Here's the third thing he said about it. Now, I love this one. He said, I'm bringing favor over your bloodline. Favor over your bloodline. Last year, he said that God was calling us to pray over our bloodline. And, and Vicki and I have been doing that. Your bloodline. What is that? That's your children, your grandchildren, your parents, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, your grand. Anybody that has your blood flowing in your veins is your bloodline. 
okay? Uh, Ashley and I were talking the other day about my family, and we were sharing stories, and I was telling her stories, and, you know, she's a young adult now, and she understands more, and she was not, oh, I didn't know that's who that was, and, oh, I didn't know that's where they fit in the family, and we begin to tell these stories about my family, and I've got a pretty big extended family, and, and you know, I've got some outlaws in my family, okay? I do, right? Y'all do too. Don't look at me like that, okay? You know, I've got that uncle, you know, that, that you know, I've got those people. And it's, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, you know, uh, Ashley said, oh my gosh, your family's just like Arthur's family. <laughs> right? And now, now, now let me, now I'm not, you know, you know, Arthur's, Arthur's the Ortiz and the Ramirez's, and I'm sure there's many of you in here in that bloodline, okay? And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm, she was just making the comparison that you, I didn't think you had outlaws in your family, but you do. And I'll tell you I do. Now, listen, don't miss this, all right? Your bloodline is polluted because of sin, but the blood of Jesus redeems and restores your bloodline. And the promise is what? The promise is I'm going to bring favor over your bloodline. Listen, Vicki and I pray every morning, and we pray over her family and her bloodline. We pray over my bloodline. See, I couldn't name all of them if I had to. I mean, they've moved off. I've lost contact with lots of them. I'm going to see them in heaven because they're all going to get saved because I'm praying over them. Many of you have got family the same way, right? You couldn't, you couldn't even write down all their names if you had to. So we pray over the gray bloodline. We pray over Vicky's bloodline. We pray over the Ortiz bloodline, the Ramirez bloodline. We pray over the Schulte bloodline. That's my daughter-in-law. We pray over our bloodline. I want to encourage you to do the same thing. What's it say? It says God's going to bring his favor over your bloodline, whoever that is. Now, I'm going to read you a verse this morning. It's Jeremiah 33, 3, and this is God's phone number. All right, if you ever wondered how to get a hold of God, I'm going to give you his phone number. Put, get your phone out right now and put it in your phone, okay? Right? I don't have a phone. I don't need a phone. I have a hotline to God, and I talk to him all the time, and you can do the same. Here's his phone number. It's Jeremiah 33, 3. He says, call me. You see, that's why he hadn't been doing much. You hadn't been calling him. Right? And and if he's a follower on Facebook, follow him. Do whatever you got to do. Call me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Listen to it again. God says, call to me, and I will answer you. God, don't you love that? That so ministers to my heart. Jesus says, Rusty, if you'll call me, I'll answer you. Listen, if you'll call him, he'll answer you. And he says, and I'll show you great and mighty things. I'm going to bring my favor over you, and I'm going to show you things you don't know. And I'm going to move in your family, and I'm going to move in your life. And he said, what? He said, I'm going to crown you with favor. I'm going to cover you with favor, and I'm going to bring favor over your bloodline. Now, here's the last thing that I had this morning. I have much more in my notes, but this is the last thing I want you to see this morning. He said that in 2017, God's going to bring you into restoration. You're going to enter into restoration. Let me give you a definition for the word restoration. By the way, that's God's business. God's business is restoration. Jesus said that he came to heal the brokenhearted. He didn't come to bring rules and regulations. He came to bring restoration. Listen to what this says. Restoration means to give back. In other words, something that's been stolen. To set in order and to give a former condition of health. Listen to it again. To give back, to set in order a former condition of health. This is going to be the year of restoration. Now, here's what I know. 
Everybody in this room at one time or another has had or does have a broken heart. Many of you, your families have been shattered. Your hearts have been shattered into pieces. There have been things said. There have been things done. And you think there's no road back. There's no recovery. There's no hope. Many of you in family situations and circumstances have absolutely been torn to pieces. Now, here's the hope. The hope is God said, I want to restore and I want to give back to you what's been broken. I want to put back together what's been lost. I want to take the impossible situations in your life, in your life that you would say are impossible, and I want to put them back together again. It's a year of restoration. It's a year of wholeness. Now, listen, don't miss this. No, no, Pastor, you don't understand. My situation's impossible. Okay, God loves the impossible. After Ground Zero Wednesday night, Kurt ministered to the kids on Wednesday night about forgiveness. And he talked about how if you, have, if you have something in your family, and he talked about parents, and he said, if you have a parent that you need to forgive of something that's happened in your life, stand and we want to pray for you. Of course, they stand all across this room on Wednesday night. Now, it's easy to discount that. See, see I've had adults do that. Oh, yeah, every kid thinks they've been done dirty. No, that's not it. And you know that's not it. They're broken, and they're hurting, and they stood. And after the service, a little boy in junior high came up to me bawling. He's bawling. And here's what he said to me. I can never forgive my stepdad for what he's done to me. I was taken back. I said, what? I can never forgive him. Now, I I don't want to tell you that that situation was resolved because it wasn't. But here's what I told him. I said, we're praying for you, and we're going to walk with you, and I believe we'll walk him to a place where he can forgive. To him, that situation was impossible. But God is a God of restoration. Let me read you a verse. This is Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Listen to what it says. God says, and I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Let me help you understand that verse. That book is written right there about God's judgment on Israel because they're not obeying God. But I want you to see it in a little different light than that. I want you to understand something. What does the scripture say? It says, I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten and the cankerworm is destroyed. What's that mean? That means the heartache, the brokenness, the bad decisions, the things you've done that you know you shouldn't have done, the lost relationships, the separation, all the stuff that's happened in your life, the stuff that the locust has eaten, that the canker worm has destroyed, those things in your life that you don't even want to turn around and even look at because it's too hurtful and too painful. And so you just keep moving forward with your head down, hoping to forget that stuff. Listen, you know what God's promise is? The things that you did that are wrong, the things you did that you wish you could change, the things that were done wrong to you, God wants to restore. He wants to take that shattered heart, and he wants to put it back together and restore your heart, restore your life. And all you have to do is just what I said earlier. You just got to reach your hand out and say, Jesus, I want that. Jesus, I want restoration. Jesus, I want healing. I want my family to be healed. Listen, Vicki and I are praying for situations in families. (coughs) And these are families, our extended family, that look impossible. And in the natural, they are impossible. I'm telling you. There's nothing that can fix what's happened. 
but we're praying for restoration. And God promised that he would bring it. I will restore to you the years the locust has eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm. Now listen very carefully. If you rest, God will work. But if you work, God will rest. Now let me explain to you what I'm saying. You're not going to make it happen. Can I talk to moms for a minute? All you coercers and manipulators. I love you, right? But you're going to be God in your family. And you're going to use your emotions and your tears and your pressure and your manipulation to get your family to do what you want, to get your kids to do what you want. And if you'll just rest in God, he'll do the work. But if you're going to work, he'll rest. And you know what he does? Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Get after it. If you want to do it, you do it. And you know what he says? How's that working for you? Right? You know what I have on my mirror in my bathroom? God, I can't, but you can. And I read it every time I go in the bathroom. I make myself read it. When you'll throw your hands in the air and say, God, I don't know what to do. You know what he's going to say? Well, it's about time. Let me read it to you one more time. If you rest, he'll work. God, I just throw myself in your arms. I just lean on your grace and love. And God, I give it to you. Well, then he goes to work. But if you're going to control and twist and fight and manipulate and pressure and coerce and get in the headlock, you know what God says? Go ahead. God wants to restore. God wants to restore. Now, listen, just real quickly. It's going to be a good year. God has favor for you. You've been crowned with favor, covered with favor, and you have favor over your bloodline. And God wants to bring you into a place of restoration. He wants to give back to set in order what's been broken and what's been stolen from you. I don't care what it is. Now, that's only three points, and I got four pages worth of notes. I got a lot more good stuff. Is that thunder? See, man. Yeah, isn't that cool? Good Lord. That's God saying, cowboys, cowboys. Do you, do you think the Green Bay Christians are praying against us? All the people in Wisconsin are in church. Lord, we rebuke that cowboy spirit. What do you think God's like? Would y'all quit it? Would y'all quit it and get along? All right, we will as soon as we win the game. Amen. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Praise God. Father, I love you. Lord, I'm so thankful that you're a God of restoration. And Lord, we just lift our hearts and our hands to you. And we say yes to you. Lord, we're tired of trying to do it. As we move into 2017, Father God, stir our hearts. I'm so thankful that it's going to be a good year. We're covered in your favor. We're crowned with your favor. Our bloodline has favor and that you're restoring us. Father, touch and minister to each of us today as we go from this place. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said?